Hey everyone, and welcome to the Keep Watching Podcast, where we decide what to watch so you don't have to. I'm James. And I'm Sarah. And today we're going to be talking about The Quest. How are you doing today, Sarah? I'm doing pretty okay, but um, the Monster X tour has ended and the boys have flown to Japan, so they're further away and I'm a little sad, but I'm pumped to be here. How about you? Wait, they're like out of the country, so you're you're feeling it. It's just always a little bit better when they're like in my time zone or just, you know. Plus, they have a different energy when they're in the States. They're a little rowdier and it's fun. I don't know. It's just nice. But now they're in Japan. Yeah, I remember we, we drove like into the state of New York when we were going to the concert. You were like, we're in the same state as them right now. Oh, man. When I was in Chicago, <laughs> I slept in the same city as them for two nights. It was amazing. <laughs> oh man i'm glad you had fun here. <laughs> so how are you doing good i have another story about the a listener of the podcast oh really you've got all the yeah. good gossip i don't hear any of these things well this one's my dad oh fair so, <laughs> but i actually didn't like link my dad any of the um like direct links to the the episodes i just like told him we were on youtube uh-huh. and i was like showing it like oh you can actually like search our the t- like keep watching podcasts on youtube and we actually come up like that's pretty cool yeah but then like he actually went like he doesn't have a smartphone or like anything so he actually like went on his computer and went to youtube and typed in the name of our podcast uh-huh. and found it oh nice he listened to like the first 30 minutes of the the first two episodes okay I didn't send it to him because the first two episodes are a like Korean dating show and then the Korean and then the K pop con the Monster X concert. Not necessarily his brand of, of things, probably. Yeah. But he like he thought we were we talked well together, but his the the highlight for him was in the um our first episode when we're talking about all the different people that are on the Korean dating show, uh-huh. Heart Signal. He's like we we had like our way of like designating certain people. Mm-hmm. It was hard to like follow names, so right. we were like saying, like, "Oh, the student or the doctor, or whatever." Yeah. But for the one girl, you kept calling her the one with the good hair. Yes, the good hair. <laughs> and on YouTube, we have like the cover picture of the cast. Yeah. And he was like trying to figure out which one you were talking <laughs> about, and he couldn't figure it out. Oh, okay. Well, I think her hair is real good. I don't know. I think that designation we were using isn't very helpful, even if you're looking at <laughs> the pictures. <laughs> Okay. I thought that was funny. That was pretty good. Speaking of past episodes, last episode we talked about Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh right, Obi Wan. Ahsoka. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and since then, we talked about the first two, and then in the after song, we talked about the third episode, and now the fourth episode of Obi Wan has come out. And I don't want to get too into it, but I just want to say that was an episode of Star Wars. That was an episode of Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. I think it was a big recovery after some of the shenanigans <laughs> of episode three. And then I just read something today. I guess the Obi-Wan series is doing well, and now they're going to make an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Oh, really? I could be I could be making this up, but this is what I read. Did they give <laughs> any details about it? Like, No, it had like no details, so it was probably like a circulation thing. But Interesting. It made it seem as though the reviews are high on Obi-Wan. Hmm. I'm not I actually haven't looked. <laughs> but uh I feel like I feel like it's one of the weaker, like compared to like Mandalorian Boba Fett. Like I feel like I enjoyed the other ones better. But this one like ties in more heavily with the movie, so maybe that's why like more people are watching it. Yeah, I think it definitely has a bigger audience draw. Yeah. All right. Also this weekend, uh me and my wife watched a movie called Senior Year on Netflix. Oh yeah. How is it? We really liked it. 
And let me describe the movie. Just I just want to recommend it to people, but I, I don't know how we would talk about movies in this podcast, but after I describe it, we can brainstorm that for a second. The movie is stars Rebel Wilson as a high school senior who, like, at some point in her life just decided she was, like, going to be the most popular girl in school. And she's, like, on track to, like, win prom queen or whatever and everything. And she's, like, the captain of the cheerleaders. I think you can decide to be the most popular person. I, I... Well, she, there's a whole backstory <laughs> okay. with, like, she's, like, from uh australia or something so she's not from the u.s and then she like gets teased a little bit like freshman year or something and then she's like i'm not i'm just gonna be popular she, <laughs> she puts just the work in okay yeah she does put in the work yeah uh but then she, there's an accident and she goes into a coma for 20 years Oof. <laughs> this is a comedy don't worry <laughs> <laughs> but so like she pretty much just wakes up from the coma and she's like a perfectly functioning person except she just like still thinks she's a senior in high school oh yeah so she goes back to school and tries to win prom queen again yes, and that's you do, of course. Yeah. And, yeah it has like a it has like a mean girls vibe which we're both a fan of oh yeah mean movie. girls are great so if you like that i would recommend senior year on netflix i'll have to check it out um and yeah we've talked about this before but i i don't know based on like current how we currently form at the show and like how we don't really want to spoil the whole like a whole series or whatever currently like i don't know how we would talk about a movie we want to recommend without spoiling the entire movie i mean you say how we currently format the show as though we format it <laughs> in the way we intended to right now we just like like we've never done the recipe for an episode that we said it was going to be so i think we could just talk about a movie and it's probably fine we could yeah I don't know. I don't really want to just like go through like scene by scene of a movie. Oh, well, yeah. We don't have to like recap the whole thing, but we can just talk about the good bits. I know like um, the Jurassic World movie. What's the, what's the name of it? That, that came out and I like really want to see that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to see that with my family this, this weekend. I've heard good things and <laughs> it seems ridiculous that I think <laughs> I would really enjoy it and it might be fun to talk about, but I have no idea how to talk about it on this podcast currently without spoiling the whole thing. So, I don't know. Maybe some listeners can get in touch with us. Yeah. On how how they would want to hear us talk about a movie. Let us know. We've got very little direction. Know. Speaking of how listeners can contact us and listen to us, mm -hmm. Sarah's put in a lot of work into actually <laughs> getting this podcast on... Proper podcasting platform. <laughs> yeah, apps where you can actually listen to podcasts on and not just YouTube. I mean, that being said, at the time of recording... You still can't, but by the time this is out, it should be where podcasts belong. So if you are listening to this podcast on a podcast app right now, a round of applause for Sarah. Also, there's new ways to reach us, Sarah. Yes, we have our email address, which is keepwatchingpod, P-O-D, at Gmail. Um, we have a Twitter account, which is at keepwatchingpod, P-O-D. It's all keepwatchingpod, P-O-D. Um, we have an Instagram account. And we also have our YouTube where we, we have been putting our podcast. So, you know, comment wherever, email wherever. I would love to maybe read something on in the podcast that somebody wrote to us. You know, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be fun. Feedback, what you like, don't like, what you want us to review. We should not spoil the entirety of a movie. We'd, we'd love to hear it. Yes, yes. Good stuff. Okay. Anything else before we get to the quest, Sarah? Mm, no, I'm real excited to get into the quest. Let's do it. Okay. Well, before we get into this version of the quest, yesterday I was like, I am DBing this show. Uh, this this show has already existed before, <laughs> which I didn't realize, even though we've talked about it on the podcast last two weeks. I did not realize that there was 
a 2014 version of the quest which is similar but it has adults as the reality contestants instead of kids yes and it's actually on what abc.com where you can stream all their other stuff like i just watched the first episode of that yeah you didn't even need like a cable login or anything it's like some of their it's like their free content so we're gonna talk about the quest 2022 that is on disney plus and that is a, a reality TV show starting starring kids. But let's briefly talk about because I I actually before we started this podcast I watched the Quest 202014 episode one. Oh, you did too. Okay, I did. Oh, you did. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, great. Okay, do you want to like let's not go through it entirely, but. What were your thoughts on 2014? Oh, uh, oof, oof. I feel like oof, oof is okay. the big feel. Like, okay, so they're all adults, and it's, like, too reality showy. Like, they definitely have all the, like, confessional things where they're like, oh, and at this point I was feeling this, and I'm like, I, I don't care. Um, And it felt like that was, like, less immersive in the, like, storytelling, like... That's exactly my thoughts on it. That's great. Yeah, yeah, in the kids' version, like, they'll show you dramatic scenes that the kids are not seeing. But, like, in this show, you only see what the contestants see. So, like, they're not really building this overarching fantasy plot, at least in the first episode. And they vote people out, which they don't vote people out in the kids' show. And it's, I don't know, it's just a bummer to end on. <laughs> the voting people out shocked me. Like, I thought it was just going to be, like, a challenge-based yeah. elimination show. I, the show is essentially just like a challenge-based elimination format kind of show that is skinned in a fantasy world. Yeah. Um, but everything about it is like normal reality TV, like what you would expect to see in a reality TV show. Mm-hmm. But then for some reason at the very end, it was like once they narrowed it down to two people from doing challenges, then they actually like voted them out. They voted for them to stay, which was weird, instead of voting, showing them to vote out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think it was worse than the kids' version, which we're about to talk about, which is great. I'm glad. That we get to talk about the better thing, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad we're talking about the better one. I was worried we were about to talk about the worst version of the quest <laughs> after I discovered that there was a whole nother <laughs> the quest. Okay. And uh, maybe as we go through the quest 2022, we can kind of like highlight some of the, the differences, the differences yeah. that we, we think make the show a lot better Sounds than good. the quest 20, 2014. Okay. So do you want to describe this show? I, there's a, here's what I want to do. I actually want to re-listen to the opening of the quest, which is like this hype video package is like the very beginning of the series. Cause I don't, I think this is the best way to just like start the show with like, this is what the show is and just listen to the audio. Yeah. What if you could be a real hero in a fantastical world? Fantasy is definitely a key part of my life. You get to fight enemies, and you're going to be a hero. I would be just... able to become everything I that I want to become. I really like fantasy. I love fantasy. I love fantasy. I love fantasy. I love fantasy. My imagination is bigger than the world itself. I've been preparing for this my whole life, except only in my dreams. Thousands of you wished for this dream to be, well, real. Oh, my God. To experience your own fantasy adventure. To exist in a world of castles, crowns, and creatures. For eight adventurous teenagers, that dream is about to come true. Guys, guys. But this is no ordinary reality show, because the quest is no ordinary reality. Darkness is coming. Go! 
These real teenagers are on their own hero's journey. Okay, come on, let's go. Keep going, keep going. There will be challenges requiring strength, character, and ingenuity. My test begins now. They will change this new world. What's this? And it will change them. <gasps> but who will rise to be the one true hero? Who will save a kingdom and vanquish evil from the land? This is the real adventure of David, Serene, Tashani, Holden, Caden, Ava, Myra, and Sean. This is the quest. Okay. Very dramatic. Very dramatic. Yeah. I actually rewatching that video package the second time. I was like, okay, this is actually getting the show hype. I liked it. I really liked it. Yeah, it's pretty good. And the concept is pretty interesting because it's not just, you know, a bunch of kids running around competing to win or whatever. They're all like really bought into the whole story around the competition. Yeah, yeah. They get into it. Yeah. And I actually think the 2014 quest, like they actually did a good job with casting as well, where they like kind of casted people who were like adults, but still had the mind of a child. child I thought the part where one of the contestants and the 2014 mm -hmm. um, adult version was like an MMA fighter. I was just, we have the same brain. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he was like super intense. I just love the part where like one of the extras gets dragged away by like a troll or something. And he's just like, that never happens again. We never leave somebody behind. <laughs> yes. So intense. We're, we're literally thinking about the same. Moment. <laughs> they had, they were like in the dark and like this like creature comes out and drags one of like the actors away and they just like run because they were told to run. And then he just turns around and is like, we should have helped that guy. <laughs> but this monster was like massive. Like, yeah. even though he's an MMA fighter, like <laughs> if this was a real, like ogre or whatever it was supposed to be like he had no chance i hope he won i'm not gonna watch and find out but i hope he won <laughs> okay so yeah we get that great hype video i think it's really good it describes the show they're kids that are going to be summoned to another a fantasy realm to compete and decide determine who's the one true hero and that's all we really get from this package right yeah i mean you get a lot of shots that show um that they like the sets are really well done but they've also like cg'd on top of things like they're really invested in like making it look like a real show i guess yeah it's like super overproduced for like what you would expect a reality tv show yeah. to be but what the video package doesn't get into is all like the like the actual drama script that's gonna have real actors who acted out yes. like not with kids and when the kids like aren't in the scene like they're acting out like a real tv show on top of the fact that this is a kids reality show a real very generic medieval fantasy show yes yeah yeah and we're gonna start the whole show starts after this video package with a big battle scene with like a bunch of knights you want to describe this yeah it, it basically like think about any fantasy medieval show you've watched you've seen this scene basically everybody's in the dirt it's it's like foggy and they're just wailing on each other for a while and you've got bad guys in spooky helmets so you know you know exactly who the good guys and the bad guys are i don't watch i was actually thinking about this i feel like i don't watch a lot of like fantasy like live action fantasy content mm -hmm. and like i was trying to think like i since like the lord of the rings like i don't think i've watched this isn't something that i usually watch like can you think of anything like this 
Game of Thrones, I guess, is within this, but I didn't watch that either. Yeah. Like, the production value is pretty good for what it is, but it's still, it would be, like, a low-rent Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, I don't want to hype this up too much on that front. I'm just talking about, like, the the like the terminology of the world. Oh, We're talking yeah. about realms, and there's knights and kings and queens. Like, I just, I feel like I don't actually watch a lot of shows with that have that aesthetic. I feel like I've seen a lot over my lifetime, but I can't, like, pinpoint any right now, like... I don't know. There were the ones in the 90s where it was like Xeno Warrior Princess feels like it's got oh, this vibe. Yeah. Um, True. I did watch that. Th- there's been a bunch of like kind of low budget movies that have this vibe. Yeah. But um, I also feel like I'm not very good with like the terminology on this show. And from what we've discussed before while we were watching this together, you seem to be on top of it. To be fair, the first time we watched it, we were watching it together and I was on um, mystery science theater in it you know i i was i like to be snarky and talk in the awkward dramatic pauses they leave for me um so i had subtitles on which probably helps i feel like i distracted you while i was also reading and learning we're gonna get into like what the actual plot of this like show is and we're gonna get a breakdown later but i was not i was not i guess i wasn't paying attention but every time i would like have a question you had the answer <laughs> whatever i would ask when i make notes for the podcast when i watch the shows and i make notes i'm writing stuff down that i want to talk about and then sometimes i'll write something down and i'm like not sure if i'm right about it so i'll put like a question mark next to it but like almost everything i wrote down for the show has a question mark <laughs> next to it is what i would say okay i don't have any question marks i feel oh okay I well, feel good about what this. i said was true okay so i'm gonna try to break down the characters that we see in this opening battle the important characters okay and you let me know if i'm wrong about any of this okay so the main guy that's like fighting and he's the the king of sanctum correct correct okay and he's he's doing pretty good until this sorceress comes out of nowhere named tavora sorceress tavora yep full-on scary woman she's gonna mess him up pretty bad she does that like slow villain walk to be like, oh, I'm so menacing, I don't even have to rush. Yeah, she reminds me of uh, Rita from Power Rangers. <laughs> anybody who grew up in that era. <laughs> Solid. Um, so the king gets knocked down pretty bad. And he like he's pretty, he's like, I'm going to die for sure. And But in his dying breath, he like, or his dying moments, he like takes the crown that he was wearing, which is called the divine crown. Okay, well, here's where I have to correct you because I just watched this and it baffled me. So when he's standing, he's wearing a normal crown. He gets knocked over by scary magic woman and his crown falls off somewhere. And then in the ground, like just on the ground near him, he finds a totally different crown. Really? (laughs) Okay. Which is this divine (laughs) crown. Do you think that was intentional? I sure hope so. Well, he does hand it off to somebody who is fighting with him. And she's like, oh, my God, is it really this divine crown or whatever? Like, she seems shocked that he has it. So it must be purposeful. But it was a weird way to find this mythological super crown just on the ground next to a tree where he happened to be dying. Okay, yeah. Insane luck. Really. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So he, he gets knocked down, but then he sees the crown on the ground. He picks it up. And he's like, send the heroes. And then like this light starts like bursting out of the clouds, in, in, out of the crown, into the sky. And then, I don't know if at this point we start seeing like flashes of all the kids in like modern time. Yeah. And like different cities. Yeah, yeah. And basically like the kid, this crown is going to like transport these kids to Everrealm. But not to right where he is. To like another city. Everrealm is like 
the big world that this is, right? Yeah, I guess it's the planet, sure. The, yeah, the planet or like the continent or whatever. Something like that. And they use the, in the 2014 version, they also call it Everrun. Yes, and they actually go to Sanctum. Like the, 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 the castle they're at is the castle of Sanctum. I think it's actually like a, like a sequel to the 2014. Maybe. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe, yeah. Um, and then there's Sanctum, which this guy that we're about to see is the, is the king, king of, of, yes. But then the rest of the show is going to take place in Aura, which is not part of Sanctum. Just like one kingdom over, I guess. Okay, but it's still part of Everrealm. Yes. Okay. I, I really wanted to get into the terminology of this because <laughs> it's really not important at all, but I want to get it right. <laughs> it was a little confusing the first time. They're talking about a bunch of different places and you don't really have yeah. context for it. Yeah, so the king, he does that they, and the kids supposedly get transported, but they don't show up. And then uh, the king gives the crown to Mila. We're going to find out later. Her name is Mila. And do you know what her status is? Right now, when she's, like, getting this crown. Like, just, like, a foot soldier? Foot soldier woman is as far as I can tell. Okay, that's what it seemed like to me. She was, like, the only fighter that, like, wore a different color and stood out. But that's just because she's a character for the rest of the show. Not because she has any sort of status. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Okay. And then Mila's gonna get away, but then the king's gonna get killed. And then uh, the witch is, like, pleased, but then she's also, like but I must kill all the other heirs to Sanctum just to be sure. So I think in this moment, like she has like taken over Sanctum. Yes. By killing the king. Correct. But there are heirs to Sanctum that are going to be in aura that she is going to be like trying to also kill throughout this TV show. Yes. Like in the very next scene, we see three adult children of this king and another king who is the king of aura. And they're, like, looking at a map and, like, the little sanctum flag is, like, destroyed or whatever. So that seems to indicate that she won and took over. Yeah, let's go to that scene. That's the very next scene. In this scene, the, the main characters in the scene that are we're going to have to know going forward are the three heirs to sanctum, which are, they're all, like, siblings or, like, step-siblings, I guess. Siblings that don't look anything alike, yes. Yeah, I was actually trying to, I was wondering if they just, like, didn't care about, like, how genetics work for this. Or I think if I that's just, like, probably what they were going you for. You think that's what it is? Because so, I think the, the king of Sanctum who died and the king of Aura are brothers. Yes. But they're both black, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. they're both black. But only the, the three heirs are Adeline, the princess Adeline, who is black. And then there's Prince Cedric and Prince Emmett, who are, like, full-on white. Right. Like they're not mixed race at all. So they, I think they just did like racially blind casting for it because, you know, why not? Um, but I forgot their names. I remember them as the one fighting bro, the magic boy and the strategic girl. That's how I remember them. Magic boy is Emmett. The fighting bro is Cedric. Yes. And the strategic one is Adeline. Yeah. And then the other main characters in this scene that we need to know are the brother of the king of sanctum king silas who is the king of aura and there's an advisor mage which i feel like i feel like every time i do watch something with like this fantasy world there's always like an advisor to the king who is a mage and he's clearly not gonna betray them all by the end of yeah. course not yeah and i feel like this character is always like the bad guy or the, <laughs> of the point of conflict at some point yeah. and right off the bat you just get that vibe from this guy. oh not only that he's like you know how we can defeat them let's use the dark magic yeah he, he's like he's very like 
magic solves all problems. This Specifically, guy. the evil kind. Yeah. But um so these are the main characters who are going to be like the adult professional actors who are going to essentially be like acting out a script for most of the the show, but at times when they're interacting with the kids, they are also kind of uh I guess it's a little bit of like uh ad-libbing improv. and like improv improving yeah. with the kids, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then Mila's going to show up in this scene as well. She's the uh, on the the other adult actor who's going to be part of the show. Yes. Um, we're only going to go through episode one here, but we've watched the first four episodes mm-hmm. out of there's eight total. Yeah. I've grown to appreciate all of these actors. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> what they have to do, like with this acting out this real storyline, in addition to like doing these scenes with these kids who aren't privy to the script <laughs> is actually like kind of impressive. Yeah. I think they all like manage to like duck and we like there's a couple kids who like well there's at least one who tries to be a little funny and like they still make it like they don't get knocked off their game ever they're, yeah. they're good at picking up what the kids are putting down yeah they're pretty impressive yeah so we they, we basically get the intro to the the main actor characters they play out their first scene and then we're gonna cut to the kids who are like walking down a path together like they're already like they all got like summoned to the same spot i guess and they're like they're all talking like they know each other and they're like all from the same high school <laughs> like it's very weird <laughs> also this is 12 minutes in and it's the first time the kids are really getting screen time i just thought it was so weird that they it was like yeah we know each other <laughs> they're talking like they're all like best friends it's kind of weird they like i don't know they made like a cohesive group immediately and i think the show benefits from that because they like yeah. try to work together instead of like like in the the one with the adults in it they're they're very much competing to be like the ultimate hero or whatever but in this one they're all like well we just have to save the place and maybe i could be the hero but it's okay if i'm not yeah it helps that they're not going to be eliminated like they are in the adult yes version. definitely the other funny th- thing that happened here is actually before mila showed up with all the other actors she actually like rides by on a horse straight by these kids totally ignores them and she like she like definitely sees them and then she's like telling all the other actors like uh the the king of sanctum has summoned heroes and she's like she is like i have no idea who these heroes are going to be and she's like literally seen them like <laughs> as she was coming to the castle <laughs> but she did not like th- acknowledge them as being a threat or <laughs> valuable at all well because they're a bunch of children yeah yeah it's fair <laughs> oh man so yeah then these kids like pull up to the castle like there there there's some guards there and and there's this one girl what's her name serene serene she's the best who just like she always knows what to say to the point where when we first watched this i thought maybe the kids parts were also a little scripted like they fed them lines or something but i think she's just like super into it and on point so like there are these guards and they're like what are you doing here and she's just like we've been summoned and we're here to help defeat the evil and it's like she's into it. She's she's good at it. Yeah, it seemed like they had like homework to do. Like they gave them like the story a little bit. They gave them enough to go off of. Like if they're into like fantasy role play, like they could do it. And then, but she's the only one who really seemed to like really be into it from the beginning. I will say, I would not be surprised if all of these kids were like theater kids. You know, like that's just the vibe that they yeah. give off. Like they're they're they want to be here to like play the part. Yeah, I think they did a good job with casting the kids on the show. Actually, yeah, definitely. What's next? The set here is just like a full-on like marketplace in this town and they've got all these extras and chickens and it's, I don't know, it's pretty, the kids are impressed and it's more like in-depth than I guess what I expected when I first started the show. Just comes back again to like how much production value they put into it. It's good, but it's like amusement park good, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, like it feels like Disney like built a castle in the middle of this woods somewhere just to like film the show. Yeah, <laughs> or I don't know if it already existed for some other attraction <laughs> and then they're like repurposing it or what are they doing? But it's a it seems like a lot of production value for something like this. Yeah. yeah. Um. The the actors and their scene, they're going to talk a little bit about the fates. Yes. The fates are just like their gods, right? Yeah, I guess. Or, I mean, so far, I think we've only seen like one woman who is the fates. Like they go to find her later directly. And it's, I don't know, you follow the will of the fates or, or I, I guess you just follow the will of the fates. That's what you do here. <laughs> they're the ones that have, I guess, foretold before that there was going to be these heroes to come and and go on a quest and save the realm yeah and that storyline is like very much the same as it is in the 2014 show yes. except in the 2014 show there's like three fates mm-hmm. and not just one but they just they in both shows they refer to them as the fates yeah but yeah so the, the uh the kids are going to be brought by the guards directly to king silas and all the other actors are going to be like besides the throne to uh see the kids as they come in and we're going to see this a lot where like all the main actors are posted up in the front of the throne room and the kids are there to like bring news of their quest and whatever. Yeah. Uh, but before they, they go in the door to like see all the actors, David, one of the kids, he steps up and he's like, I'll, I'll take the lead. I'll like introduce us and like announce us to the king or whatever. <laughs> David is one to watch out for. He's like, I'm going to get stuff done. Yeah. I was like, uh, no way I'd be doing that if I was in this <laughs> Because how old do you think these kids are? I think we find out one of them... One of them's 16. 16, yeah. And they do... Um, I think they get referred to as teenagers at some point. So I guess they're all like, I don't know, 13 to 17 probably. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, and when David uh, like stepped up and introduced himself <laughs> to the king, I, I also got more Power Rangers vibes from this. Like they were <laughs> like... Because Power Rangers, like Zordon's like... Uh, Send me some teenagers with attitude. <laughs> like, that's yes. what this kind of felt like. <laughs> like, they summoned, like, children because they wanted, like, I don't even I don't even know why they summoned children as the heroes. For me, it was, um, oh, I forget which one of the Ninja Turtle movies where Shredder, like, has, he's gotten the goop and he's trying to make um, monsters and they turn out to be kids and he comes out and he's like, they're babies because these kids come in and the prince who's a bro is immediately like they're children what is happening why are the heroes children yeah yeah. (laughs) oh man and it also in this scene in this first scene the kids are all wearing like modern clothes oh yeah like they're not wearing a fantasy world appropriate clothes and the one guy's like oh you must have fallen down because your your pants are all ripped and (laughs) and the kid's just like no it's it's called fashion (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah they start they do a little bit so like the the actors are like very skeptical of these kids like i, I think that's fair yeah but they're, they're all like not not a single one of them is like oh these kids look like they can handle this <laughs> there and then oh the, yeah the one guy makes fun of their clothing and then but then actually there's this cut there's a line to me laugh too uh one of the actors asks them how old are you 10 11 and then myra's like i'm 16 and then the guy, I think it's the mage guy's like practically middle aged. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. And then, and then I think Adeline was like, oh, once they found, she found out they were like sixteen, she was like hardly children. <laughs> so I don't know if that was a show like justifying having this them be kids on the show <laughs> with like this brief like comments back and forth. Maybe I kind of hope it was just ad libbed, and I'm I'm giving those actors some credit there. 
Yeah. Then th- this is kind of awkward. They like they. I think Adeline just like asked them all their names like one by one, and they do it all in a row. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we just heard the names in the uh, the uh, intro package. Yes. We don't have to go through them. I think there are. We'll we'll highlight some of the main kids that are going to be big parts of this episode. But I don't know. Is there anybody? Is there any of the kids that you wanted to talk about? We talked about um, Serene. She's like the the most into it from the start. Yes. And then David comes out pretty strong as like a I don't know a contender. You'd say he's like one of the older guys, I guess, and he seems more outgoing than than some of the other kids. Um, and oh, I've already forgotten her name. You just said her name. Who said she was sixteen? Myra. Myra. Um, she's funny. She's the funny one. Oh, you think she's funny? Okay. She has a wild outfit. It's like a, it's like a, like a sweatsuit, but it's like blue and white tie dye, like head to toe. And then she has like a giant Afro. Yes. She's like the most, one of the more unique looking kid <laughs> in the, when they're wearing their normal. Yeah. Outfit. Yeah. She stands out. Um, but like, there's a part where one of them's like, what do you guys know of magic? And she's just like, well, I know a couple card tricks. <laughs> you thought that was funny. I thought, I thought that was, that was just good. awkward. <laughs> And then, like, they ask them where they're from, and I forget who says it, but they're just like, America? The kingdom of America? Oh, yeah, yeah, And, that was good. and then somebody was like, well, are you lords? And she's just like, well, I'm not. I, I don't know about them. <laughs> like, she's like, I don't know these kids. I just met them. Okay. I guess she was the one always at least trying to give an answer. Yeah. <laughs> I found her answers to be more awkward than they were funny. Oh, I but thought I she was hilarious. It is funny. <laughs> it is funny if you look at it like that, yeah. <laughs> um I think the uh the all the actors and the king, they're like they're still pretty skeptical of these kids. They're like, let's take them to the fates and hear what the fates have to say. <laughs> Do you want to describe where they take them? <laughs> um well, suddenly it's nighttime because, you know, you can't go see the fates in the day, I guess. Um, but it's like a pretty foresty sort of, it's got that sort of just magical vibe to it. You know, the the lighting's soft and there's like, I don't know, peculiar music playing. And there's like this big, I don't, it's not a well, but it's like some sort of platform with a, a bit of like smoking fog coming out of it. And then there's a big dramatic arch that like has water running down behind it which is where the fates come out from yeah they're gonna put they're gonna put the divine crown on this uh like stone what do you call it the stone i don't know what it is like there's a little basin or something like there's yeah something in there it's actually like a like a stone pedestal or whatever and they're just kind of awkward at first they're just kind of like awkwardly like they expected something to happen but then like (laughs) nothing happens they i don't know why they put that in the show (laughs) but then the the one of the fates is going to come out of the 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 archway and She's basically going to just like explain the what the show is at this point. Yes, yes, it is exposition time because the crown needs so many stones so that way then you can find the king stone so then you can defeat the evil. No, no, don't, don't yada yada. This is important. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'll try to explain it. You tell me if I'm wrong. Okay, ready? <laughs> okay, it's just a lot of steps to defeating evil. Sometimes it feels it should be simpler. <laughs> No, we need it. We need to know this story. This might be important later. Okay. 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 So she says the sanctum's rulers have sold the divine jewels for riches and pleasure. Yeah, she's kind of pissed. Yeah, the divine jewels used to be on the divine crown, which made it more powerful. I don't fully understand that, but I mean, shiny gems and a crown makes it better. I didn't catch this line like that. They that the rulers sold the divine jewels for riches and <laughs> pleasures like the first time I watched it. 
And then the episode we just watched in episode four, we're going to get into these like gem holders. Guardians, I think. Guardians that like show up at the castle for them to like defeat them and get these gems throughout the show. But the fourth gem guardian that shows up in episode four is this like super short like troll woman. (laughs) I guess she's supposed to be like seductive (laughs) in a way. She certainly feels that way about herself. Yes. And King Silas definitely implied that, like, he was the one who, like, messed up and gave the stone to her for pleasure, I feel like. Yeah, the moment he starts talking about this troll, I'm like, that's his ex. Like, that's who he's talking about right yeah. now. So I, I think specifically King Silas had his own uh, wrongdoings <laughs> in this. Yes. At first I thought it was just, like, uh, like rulers of the past have like screwed over the present day people but i think it's it might be a little more recent than <laughs> yeah that. <laughs> that tracks and the so the fate explains like oh uh the fates don't trust uh the the people of the, this realm anymore so that's why we summon these kids <laughs> to like kids save the from realm. earth yes yeah and then she explains like they're gonna have to get they're gonna have to get four gems to put back on the stone and then they're going to have to find the Kingstone. But then at the end of episode four, which you just watched, after they get the first four stones, they find out they need like three more objects before they can find the Kingstone. Yeah. So it basically all adds up to there's four objects. There's eight. No, sorry. There's eight objects total. There's eight episodes in the show. Convenient. So you can see where we're going from here. <laughs> but also along the way, she, I, she even says this, that like the kids are going to get like talismans for how they like, uh, perform in these challenges and this episode's only going to have one challenge to get the first gemstone but in other, in other episodes they have like two uh, they You're do like me. two challenges an episode and we have we have we still have no idea what these talismans are for i right? assume that whoever gets the most gets to become the one true hero at the end you think you think it's as easy as that or is it like or maybe it'll give them some sort of advantage in the final yeah um challenge to become the one true hero yeah that's what i think yeah and then she ends her monologue with who will be like the one true hero. Oh, yeah. but she does say that they need someone to lead the kids. And she's like someone who's like has power and creativity and really great hair or whatever. And like the mage guy <laughs> thinks it's going to be him. And he's all like puffing himself up, ready to walk forward. But then it turns out that Mila is named the Oracle to take care of the children and so you know the mage guy's definitely not gonna betray everyone later because he's mad about this not at all yeah Yeah. there's also i think we also might have uh, skipped over a little bit part of the the actors only part where like the the three heirs to sanctum the three siblings or whatever they like have a little moment where they're all like you can tell that like each one of them actually wants to be king and there's like a little bit of animosity between them Yes, and there's no, like, clear line of succession, like, you think that would already be in place, but no, lazy kingdom that did not figure out which of these children should be. Yeah, and it's kind of like an off scene in this episode, but it actually, like, they go back to it. Yeah. I I went from, like, when we watched episode one of this, I was like, wow, this is so unique and interesting because it's just unique. And then by the time we watched episode two, I was like, okay, I'm invested in finding out, like, (laughs) like... What what's gonna happen to these kids? And I was like, I kind of cared about the actors too. Like, I don't know. I'm like kind of invested in the show at this point. Like, I thought it was just gonna be like a funny show to kind of make fun of. Um, but now, yeah, I, I'm I'm invested too. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm still going to say snarky things when I watch it, but I, I do need to, to see who's going to be king. Mila's going to become the Oracle, which is just like somebody that carries around this orb. And then the orb, like, is used to communicate with the yeah, fates. It's like text messages from the fates to tell the children yeah. what to do, basically. But it only works for Mila. Yes. Like, I don't even know if, like, if anybody touched the orb, like, they would be able to hear the text from the fates. Right. <laughs> the fate, actually, I was wrong. She ends the, she ends her monologue with, the quest begins. Oh, yes. And it's great because, like, every now and then during stuff like this or later, like, you'll get a wide shot. Like, it's focusing on the actors going somewhere, but, like, you'll see the kids in the background and their faces are just, like, lit up and they're so pumped and into this. <laughs> Yeah, and they're going to call the kids, uh, they're going to be called paladins. Yes, because we can't call them heroes because they're children. <laughs> what, what What's a paladin, Sarah? Explain that to me. Um, well, I know paladins from D&D, and that's usually like a, a, a fighter who fights in the name of a particular god. So I guess they're fighters who fight in the name of the fates. Are they supposed to know magic to some degree? Um, I mean, in D&D, everybody can know magic at some point. So it's a little bit of like a generic term. Yeah. Okay. But I think usually it goes with like upstanding sort of citizens, you know, like they have some sort of ethics or rules that they follow. So like good guys. Okay. So going forward, they're referring to the kids as paladins. At this point in the show, if this was like the 2014 show, we would get like a whole bunch of like confession, like one-on-one -on -one with the camera with each mm -hmm. kid. Where they'd be like, oh, it was so surprising when she came out from behind the waterfall or, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And what it did and when we watched the 20, when I watched the 2014, it, like you were saying, like it totally breaks the immersion mm -hmm. of like you're in this fantasy world like following these kid, this kid's like story yeah. or they're, what they're doing in this world. So instead on this show, and I don't know if they like they just decided to do this because it was kids and not adults, or if they like actually learned from watching <laughs> the old version of the show. But they basically just like they get like the kids get like guided to like this fire and they have to like sit there and wait. And then like naturally the kids just start like kind of talk talking about what they just went through. Yeah. And they're so like excited and wholesome and just happy to be a team. It's pretty cute yeah there's actually like way more kids that are just like like just happy to be there and they're not like worried about winning the show yeah. for themselves which i'm like kind of surprised by yeah so i i actually at first i thought these scenes were kind of dumb but now that i'm like kind of invested in the kids like i like when they're like talking about like working as a team and stuff yeah. i don't know it's, it's silly that i kind of like enjoy it now mm -hmm. but uh the kids are going to be taken to get gear and it's like their little headquarters area for the the paladins so they're all like i don't know this is their zone where they're gonna be later again and they can like talk to each other and i don't know solve a yeah. puzzle later or whatever but like this is their zone and so they're all like exploring and like oh we get to wear these cool like sort of armor things and yeah again their their excitement is just kind of infectious and cute yeah they're going to be all in the right aesthetic for the rest of the show. They're yeah. not going to go back to their old, their modern day clothes. No more ripped jeans. They basically had this exact moment in the 2014 version with the adults. But it was like, they the adults actually were like, this is like almost what they do in like Big Brother on day one. Is like, when you enter the house, you have to like go choose a bed really fast and like decide who your roommate is. Oh. And this is what they did. Yeah. I get the, the adults were actually like spending the night in this like, castle area or whatever mm -hmm. in, in sanctum that was built in for their show i 
don't think the kids are sleeping here. Probably not, no. Because because production doesn't want to be in charge of eight teenagers at night. Like, send them home with their parents. It's way easier. Yeah, I'm actually curious, like, what the logistics of producing the show are with the kids. Like, is it, like, a summer camp kind of deal? Or is it, like, multiple weekends that the kids are coming to oh, film? Yeah. I'm not sure. And there are, like, restrictions for, like, how long you can film with kids. So, like, I'm sure it's a whole thing. Like, logistically... Yeah probably pretty tough yeah so next after they get their gear they're going to be taken to dravis's quarters oh yes the mage guy into the i don't know why they were taken to his quarters i think he was supposed to teach them magic but like every time someone's gonna teach them magic ooh, something distracting happens but they come into his spooky ma- mage's den and they just start touching everything <laughs> They're just like, what's yeah. this? What's this? Ooh, look at this. Yeah. Uh, but the the overall point of this scene, I would say, is just to let us know that Dravis is pissed <laughs> about not being the Oracle. He's always pissed about it. <laughs> yeah, he is not happy. He is still super skeptical, these kids. But then, out of nowhere, in the middle of the scene, Mila's got to get a message from the fates. Yeah. On her orb. And there's like a noise too. Like was, it was like a creepy screaming noise. Not screaming, but like, I don't know. It was almost like animal like. I would say it was like a screech, yeah. And the fates are going to say, the first gem keeper has arrived. Conveniently, it came to them. They don't have to travel at all. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I don't know why that's how the gem keepers operate. But <laughs> for the sake of the show, they only have one set. So yeah. they got to come here. It's going to be the gem of courage. Mm. Which is possessed by the Witch of Fortitier. Oh. For, no, Fortitier. The Witch of Fortitier. I, I just remember her as Spooky Witch Lady. Yeah, let's get to this this Witch of Fort, Fortitier. I wrote down truly creepy AF like this. It's, I would be horrified if I was in front of this witch. Like, so they leave the castle and go, like, into the woods right outside the castle, right? And it's it's dark. Um, And she's got, like a lot of makeup on a lot of prosthetic like she's got these really long creepy hands and she like reaches them towards their faces and she's got one of her eyes completely covered over and then the the gem is there instead like in her head yeah i didn't notice where the gem was until later which we'll get into (laughs) that later um but yeah i found her very hard to look at and hard to listen to she's got like a quality creepy witch voice yeah, I guess she was nailing it. Whatever she was supposed to be doing, she was nailing it. Yeah, and there's definitely some of the kids you see, like, recoil away every time she, like, gets close. They stood their ground pretty well. Yeah, but like... some in the back are just like, nope. nope. I would have just straight up ran, I think. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd be off the show at this point. Like, I thought I was up for this, but nope, it's too spooky, bye. Yeah, for those who don't know, like, I, I don't do horror movies or whatever at all. Like, it's not, it's not my thing. <laughs> So yeah, this was this was a little bit hard to watch, and it, it gets a little worse later. We'll get oh we'll, yeah, we'll get definitely. To that when we get to yeah, but this full on spooky witch like goes up to the group and she's like, "Do you have the courage to claim my gem?" And then Serene is again just like, "Yeah, I got it. Let's go!" Like she's in it. Yeah, yeah. I I forget if all the uh, the the gem keepers do this, but uh, the the witch has like a rhyming like a kind riddle. Of description. <laughs> yeah, gives them a riddle. <laughs> It's like a rhyming description of what the challenge is going to be, yeah. basically. It's, it's really just instructions in rhyming form. But... Yeah. yeah, so what these gatekeepers do is like, they just like show up at the, the castle of, or like the grounds of the, 
the kingdom of aura and then they just like wait for these kids to come and then they like give them a challenge that they're like guaranteed to win like one of them is guaranteed to win and then that winner like gets to be the one that like won the stone back for the kingdom yeah they always play it off like oh you might not win but like really just once they get down to one <laughs> yeah. kid's left they're like okay you win good job <laughs> Yeah, so this challenge is going to be like uh, an amazing race kind of style challenge where it's like they have to go to a place to get a thing, which will give them a clue to give them another thing, which will get them another clue to go to another thing. But other challenges later on are just going to be like endurance, like survivor style challenges mm -hmm. where you're supposed to blast a certain amount of time, I guess, to like beat the gem keeper on whatever the endurance thing is. But it's never explicitly said how much time it is. Yeah. So what they do is it's like they just wait for there to be like one person left standing. And then they like film a couple like one more minute of them doing it by themselves. And then the gem keeper like pretends like they've been defeated. Yeah. <laughs> like now that there's only one person standing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um. So do you want to describe the logistics of this challenge? Okay. <laughs> so... I don't have the rhyme. I don't have either. the rhyme either, but the witch does her riddle and then runs off into the woods. And the kids are like, what? And they're like trying to recite the, the riddle and the oracle's just like, go, go run after her, go. And so they start running in the woods after her and they get to um, all these trees that have like little hollows in them and little like, I don't know, goopy. It's like glowing green goop in them. And they, one of them eventually figures out that you stick your hand in there and you get a rock. And the rock says something about a lake. So all the kids are trying to find rocks in the goop. And then they go to the lake. Some of these kids never find a rock. And I, we don't really see them for the rest of this. Uh... Yeah, I think one girl doesn't, Ava. I think she doesn't. And I don't know if, like, I guess there was only one rock in each tree stump of goop. And I don't know if there was, like, not enough to go around or she just, like, couldn't find the one goop yeah. hole that, that had a rock. It's not really it. I don't clear. know why she couldn't find it. But the kids tend to, like, go in pairs. So, like, two will find rocks and they'll be like, oh, let's go. Like, so, like, even though they're still, like, they're doing solo stuff, like, they're still grouping up together. I don't know if there's, like, clicks between the people in the group or it was just, like, the first people that, like, got their rock first were like, oh, you found a rock? Let's go together. And then the next wave of people found their rocks and they went together. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with, like, they're in the woods and it's very dark, so take a friend. Yeah. Like, I would have taken a friend. <laughs> there's a super scary witch somewhere in the woods. <laughs> like, I, uh, I'm not going by myself. Yeah, yeah. Let's go in pairs. <laughs> I don't even know if I'd... I don't even know if I'd be going the same way the witch went. <laughs> like, yes, the opposite direction of the witch seems like the way to go. <laughs> I won my own challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, they leave the green ooze trees. Yes. And the next thing is they get to like a lake and the lake just has like driftwood out on it that has like ropes attached to it, I guess. I think like tubes, like they're like scroll tubes, I guess, because they take a map out of them and they're, they, they've got like a light in them. And it's just, it's just pull the rope and get the tube. It's not very difficult. Yeah, it's not hard at all. <laughs> um, and inside the tube, it's going to be a map with an, and then the map has an X on it. We don't really get a good shot of the map. So we didn't get to like try to figure out what they were doing, but they basically just like keep going down the path and that's yeah. where the map takes them. Yeah. But this is when it gets weird. Yeah. Even weirder. They find a bit of like a bit of wood on a rope and they pull it back. And it's a little teeny pit that's full of a bunch of bugs. Like, yeah, it's like Fear Factor out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm like, why are you doing this to the children? And they're like, they're like, there are scorpions in here, and they look, there were actually scorpions in there. I, I think I noticed that like their tails might not have been on. Yeah, they weren't uh, threatening, I guess. But like, 
I I would not do this. I would be like, okay, I had a misunderstanding about what this show is. I'm gonna go home. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> oh my god, this is crazy. The kids that get there first, they're like, I think like almost all of them get there before they finish actually, and they're like, they're basically like like flicking bugs out of the way, and they're they're supposed to be looking for a claw. It's called, I think. Yeah, and some of them are definitely standing back and let other people look for the claw. <laughs> Yeah, I would have been very confused about what they were looking for because the thing that they ultimately find it's like a like a pirate hook. Yeah, right? I would not call it a claw. But uh, David, the the leader from the beginning, yes, who uh, he actually finds the hook and he brings it out. And as soon as he like touches it and brings it out of the hole, the witch is like right there and was like watching them, and she just starts like screaming in <laughs> agony and pain, and just, like her eye is just like burning because he found the hook <laughs> yeah and she's like take it take it and it's like take wait it. what and this kid has to take this hook over this real woman's eye basically that's covered in makeup and like pry this gem out like gouge it out it's what what <laughs> why would you do that <laughs> it was so gross and then it was sticky because you know it had to be stuck to her face and it was just like it seemed like an unpleasant experience for everyone oh involved. my god yeah I, I was like i i had to look away this was gross yeah, not into it do you think david actually did the prying of the eye out of the I think he like started and then just like used his hand because he was like i don't want to stab this real woman in her real actual eye <laughs> Well, they show a shot of the hook, like, going in and, like, gouging out the gem. But, like, it's super zoomed in as if, like, maybe David didn't do it and, like, they just, like, post-production Yeah, I think that's that's what happened, yeah. But, but man, I was not expecting the show to be so gross. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then and then she just leaves. That's it. She's fine. She's gone. Defeated. Defeated. <laughs> she didn't expect anybody to beat that challenge. Well, if it was up to me, I, I wouldn't have beaten that challenge. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would have either. I'm like, you know what? Jem looks good where it is. Have a nice day. Bye. Oh, my God. But David was, like, hella unfazed by this. Oh, whole thing. yeah. I mean, he's he's ready to come in here and be the one true hero. That's why I thought maybe he did pry it out. Because, like, he acted like it was, like, nothing. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. The other kids. David was unfazed. The other kids who had to watch this happen in front of them. They were, like jaws dropped they were, could not believe what they were watching <laughs> they were they were right there with you and me yeah. on this this was crazy and what let's say this is nothing like the 2014 oh no <laughs> first of the show their quest they're not they're not even questing they're like learning how to use like a freaking crossbow <laughs> yeah it's like super basic like learning to be an archer like kind of like stuff and there's not like monsters that are like yeah. giving them these tasks. And the person who's like training them is like trying to shame them for how bad they did on their first day at the crossbow range. And it's like, this isn't the vibe I'm here for. So anybody out here who watched the 2014 The Quest, yeah, you can watch this one and expect it not to be the same thing at all. Way better. It's nice and pleasant, except for the super gross part. I think if this episode wasn't gross, I might have been all in on this show from the beginning. But it took me like another episode because this was just a little too gross. And I don't for think me. the other ones get gross like this. Yeah, they're not. Like the creatures are still a little creepy, but they're not as bad as this witches. I don't. And think. they do like fight them during the daylight, which also always helps the vibe. Because David found the hook in the bug pit, 
he's going to get credit for winning the challenge, I guess. But, like, immediately, like, he's like, oh, we did it together. Like, I couldn't have done it on my own. And it's all very sweet and yay teamwork. Yeah. And all all the kids are very supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Even, like, the one kid who, like, found the rock in the green goop first, like, he felt very good about himself because he was, like, able to progress the challenge by being the one that found that the first time i watched it i was like oh this is like super cheesy but like i think this kid is like actually happy to be part of like a team that's like you know completing uh, quests and stuff because uh, i'm guessing it might not be his normal routine in real life to be included like this yeah so it's very cute yeah and especially like i mean i don't know how long ago they filmed it but it's definitely like post dark times so like those kids have been doing like from home for a while too probably so just like team activities yay <laughs> and all the stuff they say like could come off very cheesy but they're also genuine about it that it just it just feels nice yeah i appreciate it so yeah we're gonna go back to the castle into the throne room Mila's gonna like lead them in and she's very excited and she gets to tell them that the witch of fortitir has been defeated and David has recovered the gems of courage. And they're all going to like be very complimentary now of the kids and how they might have potential because they did something they weren't able to do. Children can get it done, I guess. Yeah. So David's going to get the honor of like putting the gemstone back on the divine crown. Yes. And then there's some CG like, woo, that happens. But all the kids pretend that something fancy happens. Yeah, the kids don't see that part. And he also gets a talisman for, for winning. A talisman, yeah. He gets the first talisman, um, which we still have no idea what they are. Not The or the fate did not explain what the talisman does. Right. <laughs> Just that you get them. And then this usually happens. The king asked him then, like, what he learned from his experience. And he's all mm. like, you know, I didn't know I had what it takes, but... Yeah, I did it. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> yep. Um, and then we're going to get a little bit of, a, like, the kids get another chance to kind of talk amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. I guess they're, like, back in their barracks or whatever. It's the better version of the reality format where instead of doing, again, like, instead of doing the one-on-one confessionals, they're just, like, talking amongst themselves. And they yeah. rehash the challenge and what they're proud of that they accomplished and stuff. It's, it's cute. I think it's cute. It, it works really well. And then... We're not done yet. Oh, no. Because even though we, we found the gem that we needed to find this episode, like, kids kids are done, right? Mm-hmm. But we got we to gotta have one more professional actor scene. Bad lady's still out there. Build the suspense of the non-kid-related storyline. <laughs> yeah. That's going on here. And we cut to Tabora, the sorceress Tabora, and... She's yelling at her minions because they haven't found the the heirs of sanctum yet. Yeah, I don't really fully understand this. Like, what? Like, they don't know where they are. Are they like hiding in Aura? Did they run from sanctum to Aura to like to hide? Is that the idea? I think so. But it seems like they like preemptively went there. Like they knew that Tavora and her army were coming, so like the king sent them away to be safe while they fought. I'm assuming. Oh, and I didn't get into this before. I think like I want to. I know like. Uh, Adeline is the son of the King of Sanctum, then the guy who died. Uh-huh. And then I think Cedric is definitely the son of. Oh no, no, sorry, I have that wrong. <laughs> this is so dumb to even like. Who cares about this shit? But uh, <laughs> I think Cedric is the ki- is the son of the 
king of Sancton who died. Uh-huh. But Adeline is the son of King Silas, who's still in the show. Oh, they're all, the three heirs are all siblings because she refers to them as her brothers at some point later. Oh, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is that they're like cousins. I don't know. I don't think they're cousins. I think they're all siblings. And they're all the children of the king that died. You think they're all children of the king that died? I don't know know about that if anybody anybody watches the show and wants to fact she check on definitely this, calls us, us them know. her brothers well let us know who's right <laughs> it's me they're her brothers i mean she can call them brothers without them being like biological brothers so, but you know. like would there then be any sort of question about who was the heir of sanctum that's a good point yeah they're also hmm. i don't know how I don't know how the hierarchy works like that. Well, usually it would be like the oldest, but maybe they're triplets. Triplets who look nothing alike. But like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but like the bo- both of the brother, like the King Silas is the brother of King, <laughs> the King, the King of Sanctum. Yes. Which also maybe doesn't make sense, but well, why? Yeah, so why? Like, why is he the king of Aura? Oh well, okay, okay. So there, one of them's the younger brother, right? Okay, and the younger brother went off and married the like princess of whatever town, and went off to become king over there. Okay, but you think any children they have in the kingdom of Aura wouldn't be an heir to the kingdom of Sanctum? If there weren't any heirs for Sanctum. Then if there were heirs of Aura, then they could potentially have a claim to the throne of Sanctum. But we have three heirs in Sanctum, <laughs> so they just got to fight it out, I guess. Okay. You think they're all uh, children of the King of Sanctum? Yes. Regardless, I'm Tavora skeptic. is... <laughs> she's really insistent that like her claim to Sanctum would be diminished if the heirs pop up later. But it's also like, you just... You just stole it. Like, you just you, you just took an army in there to take it. I don't know that, like, the legitimacy of your rule is the important part here, but okay. Yeah, I guess it's like a political thing where it's like uh, if, the, if the people know that the heirs are still alive, they'll, like, Rally behind them. them, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Point is, she wants these adult children dead. And her minions have not found them yet, so she's cranky. Yeah. And she does this weird thing where she's, like, super pissed at one of them, and she, like, sends him through, like, this portal to the, some, like, dark magic, and I think he... And then when they, like, come back, they're, like, supercharged? Is that from this episode? No, I think that's from the next episode. Oh, okay. Never mind, never mind. This time she just, like, throws fire at them and then laughs when they are scared of being burned by the fire she threw at them. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. Great boss right there. Yeah. And then the suspense ending is that she's like, if you want something done, I'll do it myself. And then she like, <laughs> she like summons these green fireflies that are going to go like scan the kingdom for the heirs, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're going to come up in the next episode. These these firefly things that are flying <laughs> around. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, great stuff from the quest episode one super silly super unique i'm in oh yeah definitely gonna keep watching this one (laughs) the uh 2014 version or whatever no i'm just gonna look up on wikipedia to see if that one mma guy won and then that'll be the last i think about that show (laughs) (laughs) all right are we good on the quest i think we're good on anything else from the quest we're good all right check it i would recommend checking out episode watch episode one see if you get into it if you don't get into it it's fine you at least saw the very unique product that yeah. is the quest. I don't think I don't think there's anything else like it out there that you could find, basically. So Great. we recommend. And it's it's fun. It's if you, if you need a little bit of fantasy and also just some wholesome children, 
You know, it's, it's a feel good show, I think. Pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Sarah, what are we talking about next time? I have no idea. We haven't planned this far. No idea. <laughs> no idea. Do you have ideas? Um, I don't think I'm ready to go back to Heart Signal. Fair. I don't know if we ever will, even though I really like that show. But I think the format of this show is more fun when we just watch something new every week as at least it is right now until until we hear from somebody that's like you need to talk more about this show then we're probably just going to move on different show each each time um i don't know what what's from your list the main idea of the show is that we each kind of have a list of things that we've watched that the other person hasn't and then each week we'll make the other person watch the first episode or a couple episodes of the show that we want them to start watching. And then we'll talk about that and see if they want to keep watching the show after the beginning. So are you ready to actually do that this time? Actually follow the format of our show. (laughs) So intimidating, (laughs) but sure, let's do it. So I have two shows that I'm thinking of in my head right now. Okay. One of them is the show is kind of popular, but you haven't seen it. Money heist, Mm -hmm. which is on Netflix, which is kind of a like, uh, bank robbers from the point of the view of the bank robbers with a little bit of like a twist on that kind of format okay and it's in it's in spanish with subtitles but it's on netflix and it was pretty high it was pretty high on netflix when it uh, was released i didn't get into it till like the final season was released okay um but i don't usually watch like pure drama kind of shows Mm -hmm. this this show is kind of more of a pure drama kind of show and even i liked it so (laughs) i think it's pretty good if i liked a a drama show spoilers well (laughs) yeah the the spoiler for the person that's bringing the show to the podcast more often than not is like we're here to recommend things to people we're not necessarily gonna like troll the other person get them to watch something and be like yeah, I didn't watch this either. Episode one or whatever. You don't know. I might have made it all the way through an entire season of something and been like, oh, no, this is terrible. But it's in a weird way that I must share it. You don't know. That's true. I guess if it's like fun to podcast about, it doesn't matter if it's uh, the best show to binge watch or whatever. Yeah, but but it is is fair to probably say that whoever is suggesting a show probably likes it. Yeah. And then... The other show that I kind of want to get into is you're you're not an uh, an anime fan, really. No, I've I've tried many times and, and struggled. Although you did recommend one show to me and I enjoyed it, so I I've decided you are my anime Sherpa. I guess like you know, the recommendations only come from you. I'll watch no nothing but what you recommend when it comes to anime. Yeah, and we we've known each other long enough that like anime has come up a few times. <laughs> I always feel like your mentality to anime is that like it's kind of all the same or like whatever you don't like about it is in every genre. But like I feel like anime of itself like has so many different genres and things like I don't like it all, but I I really like some of it. I think like there's an, an entire side to anime that you would enjoy. I would say that the anime that has been suggested to me in the past or seems to be the popular ones that you hear about do tend to have these categories of things I don't like, like mechs and squeaky girl voice um and and yeah that, that that's pretty much it. <laughs> next and squeaky girl voice you got to get past the squeaky girl voice and some of these good animes okay. you just have to okay i will try <laughs> so what an anime that i i do want you to check out <laughs> just for my own enjoyment to get you watch it at least uh-huh is food wars yes you've told me about food wars before <laughs> yeah but if now that we're doing this podcast, you have to watch it. <laughs> if that's what we're going to talk about, then I'll watch it. 
But without getting into it until we actually do talk about food wars, I'll explain it as it's just it's a anime about high school kids who go to a culinary high school where like they basically decide all their differences by doing food battles like what's the iron chef style like food battles yeah. basically. <laughs> um and it's very silly and i've watched it like twice because i i don't know what it is about the show i i'm vegan and none of the dishes in the show are vegan for the most part but because it's like animated it doesn't bother me mm-hmm. it's i don't know it's just it's just so over the top and silly that i i, I enjoy it um so those are my two options what's on your list do you even do you even have a list i i i desperately searched our google drive trying to find it and i, I found the list um Let's see. What would I bring to the table first? Um, There is a show. There's a British show version of it. And then they've also made an American version recently. But I've only seen the British version. It's called Ghosts, where these people inherit or buy a house. I think they inherit. um, And it's full of ghosts. But uh, something happens to the main character where she can see them. And then it's just silly British humor and um, a, a lot of ghosts in their very old home. Um, so that's a fun one. I've actually seen the American version of that. Oh, really? Commercials. Oh, commercials. For it. Okay. I haven't watched it, but every time I see the commercials, I'm like, yeah, this show looks funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I assume the British show is also funny. Yeah. So I'd be down. Okay. And then I was also thinking we talked about watching Cobra Kai because that's that show's kind of oh, ridiculous. Okay. So I'll bring those as my my two offerings to our decision table today. You want to describe Cobra Kai? Oh, well, if you have ever seen the Karate Kid movies back in the day, um, they made a show that is, I don't know, what, 30 years after that, where the bad guy in the first movie is a down-on-his-luck guy who ends up opening a, a dojo to teach kids karate and he's overcoming his past bad guyness and it's cheesy and over the top and ADZ, but it's fun. Yeah. You you recommended that one to me before too and I haven't gotten into it. So yeah. That showed I think I did watch like trailers for that and it did not like catch me <laughs> my attention. But maybe I just need to actually watch it and I'll like it. There are some shows that I do like um for the snark factor where I can sit and again like Mystery Science Theater it and that that definitely entertained me for that show. So it might be a particular kind of enjoyment. I don't know if it works for everybody, but But there are multiple seasons of Cobra Kai. Yeah, I think there's like four now. I have not seen yeah, the most. All of them, no, right? I've not. I've not actually seen the most recent one yet. Oh, you haven't. Okay, just haven't gotten to. But it. still, three se- watching three seasons of the show is more than just like <laughs> wanting to mystery science theater. You know, <laughs> you got to be into it to some degree. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Okay. Um. So how do we decide? I don't know. You don't know. Do you want to alternate weeks? Yeah, we should probably do that. That that sounds good. Rochambeau. How are we going to rock, paper, scissors over audio? Because here's a little behind the scenes. We're not anywhere near each other while we record. I don't know. I was just thinking of what we could do. <laughs> we, can all, we can alternate. I think that's probably the Yeah, best alternate would, would be good. But who goes first is a really first? tough choice. Mm, 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 mm. Um, how about you choose who goes first, and then I choose the show from whoever goes first? Oh, that's a great choice. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> okay, so what were the options again? Money Heist, Money Heist. or Food Wars? Or Food Wars. <laughs> that's a tough choice right there. Polar opposites of each other, really. 
Okay, I'm gonna say food wars. I say we just get it out of the way. Otherwise, oh my God. I'm just it's it's always gonna be there, haunting me, waiting for me. Money heist fans out there are gonna be upset with you, but it's okay. <laughs> and I I doubt there are that many food wars fans out there. I don't know. Maybe you know what? Maybe it'll bring in a whole bunch of new a new new listeners. I'm just thinking about what I have to tweet when we put out our episode for this, but okay. I'll figure it out. Okay, this will be fun. I don't know how many episodes we're gonna have to watch to really get into like oh, the. How many are you gonna make me watch? I don't know. I have to go through it. I have to rewatch like what's what's good and okay. like I think we're gonna have to watch more than one episode. But their anime episodes are like half hour, but really they're like twenty minutes. Like if you skip the intros and stuff, so they're pretty fast. I I can do this. I'm a I'm a strong independent woman. I can do this. You're gonna love this show. You're gonna love this show. <laughs> Oof. Okay. That's what we're going to watch. Food Wars next time. Food Wars. Okay. Sarah. Yes. How can people contact us? Okay. They can contact us by email at keepwatchingpodpod at gmail.com. They can tweet at us at keepwatchingpod. They can Instagram at us at keepwatchingpod. Or they can comment on YouTube, keepwatchingpodcast. Nice. We're everywhere now. We're so many places. So yeah, we would love to hear what you think about maybe our terrible decision right now to watch Food Wars uh, or how we should go about talking about movies or anything. Yeah. Anything you want to let us know, we'd be happy to hear it. Absolutely. Okay. We good? I think we're good. Nothing after the music this time. We're raining it in. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.